3: Hello and welcome, it's our number one, our number one of the podcast, and we've got a twofer in this opening salvo of the Mather Show podcast, the Monday night football game, we look back at that, can the Browns trust Baker Mayfield, he played one good quarter in the game last night, it was almost enough to get the win, almost the key word there, So a Maller show look at Baker Mayfield this hour. And is there a cover-up, a conspiracy theory regarding Lamar Jackson, the Raven quarterback who left the game for an extended period? Was it cramps or was it craps? Did he have to go to the bathroom? We will discuss the conspiracy about Lamar Jackson. That and more coming your way here at our number one The Ravens getting it done by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. Welcome in the beginning of the Ben Mather Show. We are in the air everywhere, treating insomnia minute by minute, coast to coast and border to border on the vast and powerful microphones of Fox Sports Radio emanating live from inside the magic radio box, also known as the Geico FSR Studios, hope life is treating you well. We are back at it again here. And like your standard extra cheesy superhero movie, Lamar Jackson emerged from the locker room. What was he doing in the locker room? More on that later. Just in time to save the Baltimore tuchus. And if you did not watch the Monday night game, and maybe you did not, maybe you had something else going on. I don't know what else is going on. I can't imagine you would be watching this this NBA exhibition Crapola, which is going on, but back on the field after having in air quotes cramps, Lamar Jackson took the Ravens down the field a four and five play drive. He had 44 yard uh, touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown, and then a another drive later on that set up Justin Tucker's 55 yard field goal with two seconds left, and that helped the Ravens get the victory as they take down the Browns, 47-42. to That final score is important because the line on the game was three, and the final play of the game, we mentioned the Ravens scored on the Hollywood Brown touchdown with a couple seconds left. Well, then there was the Stanford band play where the Cleveland Browns started laddering the ball back and forth and all that. Well, Jarvis Landry ended up with the ball last, and if you saw the game, if you're a gambler, you know exactly what I'm about to say, but Landry – ended up stepping out of the back of the end zone. That is a safety, which tacks on two extra points. So with no time left on the clock, if you're a Ravens gambler, you won. And if you're a Browns gambler, you're a loser. You're a loser. A lot of peaks and valleys. This game should have been a blowout in favor of the Ravens. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Was not. And it turned out to be a rather thrilling, rarely... Entertain. We don't usually get a lot of entertainment on Monday night, but we had that in this game. And Justin Tucker, even at the end there, he had he had made 70 straight field goals prior to last week inside the 40-yard line. And you're like, well, the, the Browns kicker missed a couple of kicks. And you're like, well, maybe he'll miss it again. Uh, maybe Tucker will screw up. And he didn't. And the Ravens... Get their eighth win of the year, and they are 8-5. and five. But the better story here is in the losing locker and We're going to circle back around to the Ravens in a minute, but we'll start out with Cleveland playing a game that they, you know, they didn't need it per se because they've already got nine wins, but they certainly wouldn't have hurt to get to that 10-win level and really validate that this is not a fraudulent team. Now, many around Northern Ohio believe the Browns have already done that by beating the Titans last week, beating them like a drum in the first half, and then holding on by their fingertips in the second half of that game. But Cleveland, in this in this particular Monday night game, they paid a visit to Heartbreak Hotel. So they dropped to 9-4. They were down 14 points, and then they were the beneficiary of Lamar Jackson needing to go to the locker room for something, what we're not sure. Maybe it was just a massage. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it was something else. But let us discuss the question, what are the big takeaways here from the Browns-Ravens game, and particularly the Cleveland side of things on this last-second loss on the Tucker 55-yard field goal, Justin Tucker getting it done with plenty of leg to spare. So I've got Sorcerer's Workshop speed dial, and dance song. And we will tie all of these things together. Now, A, Baker Mayfield continues to be an issue. And I would say the central issue with Cleveland, now not to be melodramatic here, because God forbid we do that on the radio, but if you're just a box score reader or a low information fan and you hear someone like me say that Baker Mayfield is the problem, then you say, oh, that guy's just a madman. That guy's a madman. But here's the deal. We live in the currency of facts. We like to look at these things through the prism. I have no horse in the race as far as the Browns are concerned. I've got no concern in the world here. To me, this is very straightforward. Baker Mayfield, if you look at the final numbers, it's just like, "Well, Baker Mayfield played a good game. He had 343 yards. He had a couple of passing touchdowns. He ran for another score. What's not to like? But when I was watching the game in real time, throughout the course of the game, just for context on the game, for, I don't think I'm wrong on this, 75% of the Monday night game, Baker Mayfield was bad. He was bad. He stunk up the joint like flatulence. And my evidence, not only do I have my, my eyeballs and my glasses as well, but also the numbers that corroborate what I was seeing with my eyes here. Heading into the fourth quarter, Baker Mayfield was a second-rate the quarterback, which is appropriate because he plays for the Browns. Uh, he was completing under 55% of his passes. He was averaging six yards per pass attempt, had no touchdowns and an interception the first three quarters of the game. And his passer rating going to the fourth quarter in a game that was a, a high-scoring game, highfalutin, He had a passer rating of 61, which is not good. He was the problem. He was not the solution, Baker Mayfield. And I want accuracy. I need accuracy from my quarterback. And I also need some yardage. I don't need these little dink and dunk passes. And Baker Mayfield was not able to provide that for the first three quarters of the game. And then in the fourth quarter, Baker Mayfield, he took off his helmet, he took off his shoulder pads, and he went into the Sorcerer's Workshop And abracadabra, hocus-pocus, presto! Just like that, it was Baker Mayfield from Boomer Sooner Days. It was effortless in the fourth quarter. The final 15 minutes. That is why Baker Mayfield was drafted number one overall because of that particular play down the stretch of the game. Now, the Ravens' defense left a lot to be desired, but Baker Mayfield took advantage. He completed 75% of his passes in the fourth quarter, averaged over 10 yards per pass, had a couple of touchdowns, was making a mockery of Baltimore. They were scoring too quick. The The, the Browns offense was going down the field too quick, and in the fourth quarter, Baker Mayfield had a passer rating of 148, which is really good, which is really – it doesn't get much better than that. The fact that Mayfield – shows these random, sporadic flashes of brilliance makes him even more of a Browns enigma. Like Cleveland, if you look at the long game and the short game, the short game is they're going to be a playoff team. It's hard to imagine a scenario where the Browns don't make the postseason. They've got the nine wins. They're going to get in. uh, But then they will be held hostage as they desperately need consistency from the quarterback position, and I do not see it. Am I missing something here from Baker Mayfield? Now, part B of this: for all the success of the running game, and the running game was not over overly dominant as far as they scored a lot of touchdowns in this game. In fact, they they tied a record from like the nineteen twenties for touchdowns. Uh, so it was productive getting in the end zone. But as far as you know, both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Chubba Lub Lub going back and forth. You know, these guys have been bedazzling. This was not particularly where they had the gaudy yardage totals, considering how many points were scored in the game. That playbook, though, where you hand off to Hunt and you hand off to Chubb, will work. It has worked during the regular season. The fly in the ointment, the postseason, teams clamp down. You're not going to go against lightweight defenses. The the chain gang is only as strong as the weakest link. And Baker Mayfield, when he's unable to consistently contribute, it's the equivalent of playing with gasoline and a matchbox. It generally does not end well, and that makes him a liability. Because when you haven't and I say this for all these teams, and people people think I'm taking you know pot shots at, at random, but I believe that to be true of of this young core of quarterbacks, they're all pretty talented, but they also have this unreliability, undependability, which if you look at Buffalo, for example, we talked about Josh Allen in a previous show, and I don't trust Josh Allen. We saw him, this very scenario happen with Buffalo last year in the playoffs against the Texans where for the first three quarters of the game, Josh Allen was fine, and then down the stretch, he took a ride on the vomit comet, and that allowed Buffalo to blow the game and gave the game to Houston. And I see the same thing as a distant relative of the great Nostradamus and friend of Nostradinus. I see the same thing happening to teams like Buffalo this year and Cleveland. And uh, if Arizona were to make the playoffs, I would say the same thing about Little Alligator Arms, Kyler Murray as well. It's that spiral of doom. We know how the show ends. We know how the show ends. Now, the fact that Cleveland's got to that nine-win level is astonishing when you consider – the volatile nature of Baker Mayfield. It's like playing the stock market. You can play it conservative, and you can buy your stocks that will go up a little bit based on history, the blue chip stocks, or you can be a wheeler and dealer and try to be the wolf of Wall Street, and Baker Mayfield tries to be the wolf of Wall Street. He's a human kaleidoscope. He's unpredictable from week to week, and it's not even just week to week. It's half to half. It's quarter to quarter consistently inconsistent. Like, Baker Mayfield, the two-cent overnight radio advice, you you put the demons on speed dial, and you're going to need a deal with the devil for the Browns to actually, God forbid, win something of substance here. And that's what Joe Flacco did. Joe Flacco did that very same thing. Uh, I'm not sure whether it was voodoo or what exactly he did, but he had an out-of-body experience in that playoff run. The single greatest postseason run I have ever witnessed is not Tom Brady. It's not some Peyton Manning run uh, or Elijah Manning. No, it is Joe Flacco when the Ravens won that Super Bowl a few years back, and it's going to take divine intervention for Baker Mayfield to authenticate Cleveland as a contender and not, as I said, a pretender when it comes playoff time. Uh, and it's it's got the makings of a one-and-done situation. All right, the last word here. Now, we talked a lot about the Browns, but as for the Ravens, let's talk some Ravens. Now, they can exhale here because Lamar Jackson came back before the clock went down to zero. Just like any cheesy kind of movie. You know when they have like the explosive device and they have the big clock and the sticks of dynamite and there's a bunch of wires and all that? And somehow, the, the Hollywood trope, it always, just before the clock's about to get to zero and, and that, would, that would happen, they saved the day. All right Now, Trace McSorley came in when Lamar Jackson left the game. They said that he had... Who? Cramps. Trace McSorley. I I was a bigger fan of Marty McSorley, a hockey player back in the day. But Trace McSorley.
4: Never heard of him.
3: This guy actually looked all right. He looked like he had a pulse when he came in for RG3. Remember that game against Pittsburgh? That Wednesday game? He looked pretty good. In this game, he was lousy. P.U. What stinks? He slipped. He hurt his leg. But don't bury the lead, my man. Don't bury the lead. We have a fresh, out-of-the-oven, piping hot, sports conspiracy theory. And you know, doing overnights, I love a good conspiracy theory from time to time. I like to chew on them. So it involves Lamar Jackson. And the conspiracy theory is that Lamar Jackson did not actually have cramps. He did not. That was just for public consumption. That was to tell the media, leave us alone. He had a cramp. He's back in the game. So... Where am I going with this? Where's the conspiracy going? Think more along the lines, if you will, for a second. Somewhat recently in sports, there's two athletes that come to mind here. One is a basketball player. One's a hockey player. Paul Pierce and Ben Bishop. Now, Paul Pierce, in the NBA Finals against the Lakers, one of the great over-the-top moments in Boston sports when Paul Pierce, they took the wheelchair, they took him to the locker room, and he had to drop a deuce. And then he came back and saved the day for the Celtics. And then you've got Ben Bishop, who in the Stanley Cup final had a stomach issue at the most inappropriate time. So I guess you could say as a mobile quarterback, Lamar had a case of the runs. Our favorite dance song popped into my head. So... I was getting some texts text from friends of mine in the, uh, the media world who were like, hey, did you, you the rumor is Lamar actually had to uh, go to the bathroom. So I'm thinking, die, die, diarrhea. That's what I'm thinking. right? Th- I think this is like a total poop fest. I think down south they call it the Tennessee Trots, I believe, is what they call it. Dysentery. Uh, what did he have? What's his pregame meal? Poop now, fest. Lamar denied everything after the game. He kept getting peppered with questions. From inquisitive reporters who were trying to get to the bottom of this, they' were trying to, in more ways than one, they were trying to find out what's going on here, and Lamar did not take the bait. He did not take the bait. So forget the, the you know that Yale Skull and Bones Club and the, uh, all the other conspiracy groups that are out there, we're talking a craptastic comeback for the ages. Heard oh, round:
4: Yeah, yeah, that's diarrhea, all right.
3: Heard round the football world. Oh, I hope this is true. It makes sense. Now, listen, it makes sense that Lamar's a pretty prideful guy, right? He doesn't want to embarrass. Imagine all the poop jokes Lamar would get if this actually turns out to be true and he admitted to it. This is the kind of a story that if it is true, and we certainly pray that it is true, that Lamar had the runs, then... This is something that will come out. Somebody's going to write a book, like John Harbaugh write a book. What was I supposed to do? We were out of toilet paper. There's a toilet paper shortage, and we couldn't find toilet paper, so he had to go in the shower. He had to take his uniform off. One thing led to another, and that's why we had this Trace McSorley play. Wouldn't that be just even better? That would be even better. Oh, my God. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show as we press on. Now, just to give a little flavor here. As the Browns, we'll go back to the Browns here and they lose. Actually, we'll play some sound on the other side, as they say. On the other side, we have some some reaction from the Browns locker room. We have the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. We'll take your phone calls, 877 99 on Fox. 877 996 6369. So, again, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. We'll get to that and we will do it next. next. The horse yeah. meat
4: is
5: awesome. <laughs> That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com
2: slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen.
0: There's nothing more powerful than the unified voice of the Mallor Militia. Get the most out of the Ben Mallor Show by following your host on Twitter. He's at Ben Mallor, And you can tweet at and follow me, Eddie Garcia, your humble sidekick, the voice of reason. I'm at Eddie on Fox. Hot Russian tennis player. She wasn't any good, but she made a lot of Martina, money. No, 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 no. And i live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's Ben Mallor. Frank in
3: L.A. writes in. He says, Lamar Jackson might have laid a deuce off the field tonight, but he is saving his on-field number two for the postseason per usual. It's from Frank in L.A. Now, I will tell you, one of my buddies, I've known this guy for years, he actually has worked in professional sports for a long time, and he he thinks that Lamar did not have the poopies, that he said – Lamar would have just if he had to drop the uh, the number two. It's so stupid. We have to watch our words with this. But if he had to had to <laughs> do what he had to do there, take care of business, he would have just done it in his pants. Uh, he says, uh, my buddy says he was in the locker room for too long. He does say though he is aware of players that did have this happen during the game, and he works in a uh, yeah. Yes, he he's worked in football too, and he's seen uh, the situation. I uh, really caca ca- it up. Yeah, uh, Vercocta is, uh, is the actual term there. I believe that's the clinical uh, term. You can look that up. Uh, so can the Dodger fan, writes in. He says, man, I, I picked Cleveland, and I was kind of pushing on the parlay. I went to Target to uh, go to the bathroom, he says, oh. and uh, after Lamar and the Ravens, led by a field goal, came back to my car to see the score was 47-42, and I was all confused. Like, was that a typo? And I later learned about the effing safety. Uh, he he points out, and Mason the Millennial writes in from the Bay Area. He says, uh, "Talking about poop jokes in the opening monologue gets you a big C minus, and definitely not because I had the Browns on the money line." He says, "The burner account points out that great minds think alike." Benjamin, nice monologue to me. Baker Mayfield is a high profile Mark Sanchez, but that with a cocky dorky attitude, which made him the number one pick. Tell me, I'm wrong. Number one. A-plus monologue, he uh, says. All right. Thank you. For all you guys that lost money, I'm on the other side, so I I will forget about this because I had the Ravens, so I was very happy with Jarvis Landry at the end of the game, but the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, there will be tons of these stories that come out. You have one of your own personal stories if you're a degenerate gambler. Everyone does, but... One of the online sports books, a uh, unnamed gambler wagered $40,000 on the Cleveland Browns. But check this out. This is even more painful than the push. It would have been a push because the line ended at three. The Ravens were a three-point favorite, if you understand gambling. Well, this guy had an alternative point spread. He had the Browns plus four and a half at minus 130. He bet forty grand on the Browns getting four and a half. So if the game had ended as it should have, a three-point win for the Ravens, this this Jamoke would have won the bet. The Browns would have covered by a point and a half. He would have won his money. But instead, because of the, the passing the ball around backwards and all that, the lateral play, the Stanford band play, whatever you want to call it, uh, the, the final score ended up a five-point margin, which means... This guy lost by a half a point, and he had an extra point and a half than everyone else. All right, here's Kevin Stefanski. You probably don't know who that is, but he's going to be the coach of the year in the NFL. Here's Kevin Stefanski pointing out that the Cleveland Browns, he says, well, they just uh, did a few too many of these things to screw the game up.
2: We came here to get a victory, and we didn't. A very hard-fought game on both sides. Uh, I, I appreciate how the guys battled. But we just did not do enough to get a win, and uh, we made mistakes really from from myself to the coaches to the players to the offense defense special teams. We just weren't clean enough to beat a good team, and that's disappointing.
3: Browns had 493 yards of offense and 42 points and lost the game. That's hard to do. I thought their defense was all right. What happened? What the heck? And and the, the fumble totals, I, I did a double check. I don't I, I, I realize the Browns, the ball was on the ground. Now, they, they didn't actually fumble and lose a fumble. Do you know how many times, though, the Browns fumbled in this game but recovered all of them? Seven. The Browns had seven fumbles in the game and recovered all seven of them. That is a mathematical quirk. Barbers. All right, Baker Mayfield. Uh, here is uh, Baker Mayfield. Pointing out what I said here, everyone had the same thought when Lamar Jackson came running back from the toilet. Here's what Baker Mayfield thought when he saw that on the other side. He's an unbelievable player, unbelievable guy. I mean, his work ethic is is unreal. Right. It, it was like the scene out of a movie. You know, I hate that for Trace McSorley, uh, praying that he's, he's okay. Um, but, it, you know, as soon as he went down, you could see Lamar trotting back out on the field. It was, you know... Jeez. I mean, he's he's a great player, so you know, it, you're going to have to just try and contain him. You are never going to be able to stop guys like that. he's just a great player. Well, he went to every sports cliche he could possibly dig out of his bag of cliches That was that was fresh off sportscliche.com. All right, here's more from the Browns losing quarterback Baker Mayfield and he points out if you're an investor, you might want to buy some stock in the in the Browns. We're, we're a very different team than we were in the beginning. Uh, we've improved in a lot of ways, but we just have to find a way to win. And these division games, they mean a lot, so we just have to figure out a way to win. But they're a good team. Yeah, and the uh, Ravens, as my friend in Baltimore, sports with Coleman, likes to point out, the Ravens now 22-4. and four. Against the Browns over the last twenty six meetings here, twenty two and four, the matchup there. That's competitive, right? Yes. No, that's not. That's not competitive. That's not. That's not good. Yeah. Well, stuff happens. What are you going to do? Stuff happens. See, the odd thing. I'm going to go back to the gambling thing though, because I have lost plenty of games. I the the, the biggest loss. If you've been with me a long time, was the Music City Miracle, where I was on the other side at the end of that game, and I was actually dialing up a friend to mock the fact that uh, he questioned my pick on Rob Johnson, Wade Phillips, and the Buffalo Bills that day in the Music City. And uh, then as I am on the phone, Frank Wycheck and Kevin Dyson team up on an illegal forward pass that I have not gotten out of my head all these years later. There's that, and then I also lost a ton on a playoff series when Will Clark, Will the Thrill, known more as a San Francisco Giant, he was at the end of his career and he was playing for the St. Louis Cardinals and they were playing the Atlanta Braves in a playoff series. This is when the Braves had those three Hall of Fame pitchers, Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. And of all people, Will Clark had a backbreaking hit in one of those one of those games that I still can close my eyes and see the swing of Will Clark, and uh, see see all that, all that going down.
5: Man, be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
0: Very serious situation over the weekend. Uh, there was some news on Florida Gators star basketball player. Uh, Keontae Johnson, uh, he is out of a medically induced coma after he collapsed during a game against Florida State over the weekend. And they're saying that he can follow simple commands, uh, but he remains critical uh, but stable. So, uh, some, some small yeah. positive well, signs. Hey, for I mean, we're, we're of Keontae the age, Johnson. Eddie. We're of
3: the age where we remember Hank Gathers. Yes, we do. Who died yes, at Loyola Marimont, one of the great players with Bo Kimball. And uh, they had amazing teams there, and he passed away on the court. And also Reggie Lewis died for the Celtics, right on the court at practice, though It wasn't during a game. It was during correct during practice. Yep. So the fact that he's alive and apparently communicating, and they can figure out what the hell's wrong with him, it's great. It's wonderfulness. In Indeed. Also. All right, uh, it is the Ben Maller Show. We're going to get back to the Browns-Ravens game in a minute, but I love highlighting douchebags on the radio. One of the reasons I do the overnight show is to celebrate douchebags in sports. And we have one. (laughs) We have the king of all douches, Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie Irving, a couple weeks ago, I think it's been a couple weeks now, since the Nets reported they had their media festivities there, and he issued a statement and he called the media pawns, uh, and he, he had this long, rambling statement about he's not talking to the media anymore. So someone apparently got through that thick skull of Kyrie Irving and said, Hey, Kyrie, this isn't playing very well uh, with the masses who follow the NBA and you know re- treat this like a religion. This is a problem. And so Kyrie, the king of all flat earth truthers over the years, Kyrie decided, you know what, I got fined. I'm going to address the media. And he had this wild rant. We're going to play a clip of it. I recommend, we we can't play the whole thing because it's long and it's rambling and we do have time constraints here. But I recommend getting the whole thing. But we're going to play what I think is the most interesting part of this. And it's when you think of all the great painters of our time, Van Gogh, Rembrandt, Michelangelo, Picasso, uh, any of them, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, you you think of uh, Basketball Hoop. Listen to Kyrie Irving going all over the map as he compares himself
6: with all the great artists of our time. The focus is on what's going on in the task here, you know, my job. And I wanted to make sure that that was clear. There are no distractions, nothing about dispelling anything, nothing about going back and forth, knowing about calling out one person or another, not even to refer to you guys as pawns, you know what I mean, or media. It's just really how I felt about the mistreatment of certain artists when we get to a certain platform of when we make decisions within our lives to have full control and ownership. You know, we we, we go through the rigorous season, we, we do everything we're asked to do, you know, and, and we want to perform In a secure and protective space. And if I can't have my voice protected on this platform where I offer myself and my art, just inviting everyone to it because this is what I've been blessed to do. You know, I didn't I didn't make it from the best circumstances. I made it because my family had a foundation and taught me the right things of how to live a principle led life. So having that in basketball and my art, you know, it's just finding a balance. Wow. Uh, could could you be
3: any more unlikable? Could you be any more unlikable? See, I have this love-hate thing with Kyrie. As a talk show host, I want him to play for the rest of my life because he does these kind of—he's he's, he's this curmudgeon. He's like a young Belichick. He's rough around the edges, but he thinks—he's one of those guys. We've all had friends like this in life. You have somebody who's in your group of friends who thinks he's the smartest— person or they're the smartest person in the, in the room and all that. And they mix in like all these big words and phrases here to try to seem like they are the genius of geniuses. And that's Kyrie in a nutshell. he just like, Kyrie, knock it off, okay? You play basketball. And if you're an artist, you know, I remember when you first started in Cleveland, was that finger painting? Was that finger art? I mean, what were you doing? You have crayons and uh, my God. Uh, anyway, that's the Kyrie clip, and there's more than that. There's more than that. Good luck. Keep in mind, my man Rob Parker, my colleague here. We have a bet. I have a chicken wing bet with Rob Parker. He believes the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the NBA championship. Uh, oh, good luck. Oh my, good luck on that. All right, let's go, Big Daddy. Yeah, let's go to the phones and let's say hello to Paul, who is in. Beverly Hills in Southern California. Hello, Paul.
4: Ben, you know I like calling you at night. Have a little fun with you. And I gotta say, dude, you're still one of you are one of my favorite guys on the radio. You know that. Well, thing,
3: and you don't need to put a butt at the end of that, Paul. You, there's no need to put a qualifier on that. That's a great statement. You don't have to no, add anything more on top of that. That's a perfect phone call.
4: No, I know. I, I know. Yeah. I don't want yeah. there to be a butt after. That's not what this call's about. I want you to legitimately know. Like, yeah. if I know, if, if Colin Cowherd's on early, I'm listening to him. If you're yeah. on, I'm listening to you. You're, you're one of the best guys on Fox Radio. Just let that be known.
3: Okay. Well, thank you. All I right. appreciate that. I'm going right. to send that to Scott now, Shapiro, who runs this place. Yes. All right. What we, else?
4: We, 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 we do disagree on some stuff, but I'm calling you as one. You know, you always get these weird ranters late at night. I want to give you a legit call. And one thing you said in your opening monologue that I just didn't agree with was about the running game in the AFC won't be enough because of tougher defenses, but I wanted to remind you what we saw last year. I know Derrick is a special specimen, and he's a giant amongst men out there, but we saw what he did last year and surprised a lot of people. Tennessee went further than we expected.
3: Well, Paul, and I, now, Paul hold on a second. Paul. To play devil's advocate, and I had a feeling that that would come up in the conversation. I, that Tennessee Titan, not to diminish what the Titans did, but I'm going to diminish what the Titans did, That that road in the playoffs was against the shell of Tom Brady and the ragtag Patriots who had fallen apart the second half of last season and playoff Lamar, right? Playoff Lamar, which is terrible. And then when they finally got – and they they worked their way to the AFC championship game, what happened? They fell behind, and the quarterback, Tannehill, is a decoy. That doesn't work. And and, and sure. the last night, I mean, Kansas City's not Kansas City's actually not playing as well as they could, even though they're winning all these games. They're not they're not lying. You know, the, the, as far as the gambling markets concerned, they actually have have been pretty bad, you know, pointing living up to expectations. But the, the AFC goes through. You know this fall, it's going to go through right. Arrowhead. It's going to go through right. the Chiefs. So now I'm
4: not going to take. I'm not going to say it's not the Chiefs at the end of the day. Chiefs are winning the AFC championship that's that's don't better I don't know if I take the spread like you said but Chiefs will win the AFC championship all I'm saying is look first of all for the Browns to get into the playoffs is a step in the right direction I hear you what you're saying on Baker Mayfield but if he gets into the playoffs well he's earned another year as the starting QB of the Browns that running game one thing we're lacking this year there are no dominant defenses in the AFC. Maybe even the NFC. There's no 2000 Ravens here. There's no 15 2015 Broncos. There's no. There's no special nah, defense. No,
3: listen, the, the Colts have a good defense. The Rams have a good defense. The Saints have a pretty good defense. I mean, there's oh, a few, no, there's no, a handful.
4: Now you admit the Colts have a good defense because two three weeks ago I called in and you 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 kind of
3: harassed well, me. Like, well, well, they had had the listen. Paper. They had, they had to prove to me that they were were legit, and they've proven to me they're legit. But let's hold off on like Baker Mayfield yeah, just because the brown the Browns are winning because of their running game. Baker Mayfield, yeah. I, I just he's, he's, he's a game manager. Blah. He's blah. He's not even a great game manager. I, I gotta go. Thank you. It's it's the Paul and Beverly Hills show. Here we go. It's the Beverly Hillbillies. Myself and Paul, hanging out. All right, time now for the Who Am I game. This is a blatant attempt. It's a blatant attempt to convince you to listen to a few minutes more of content here on the radio show. We'll find out whether it works because the only way you're going to find the answer out is either download the podcast, which is a win for us, or to keep listening. Here's the Who Am I game. So Buffalo Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. We're going to talk more about him later. Stephon Diggs has joined me as the only player in NFL history to reach 100-plus receptions in their first 13 games with a new team. Again, Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills coming over from Minnesota. He joins me as the only players in NFL history to reach 100 receptions in their first 13 games with a new team. Who am I? The answer
5: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on post reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. Raccoons, skunks, porcupines, and owls are all nocturnal, but none of them can support our show on social media, so we need your help. Go to Facebook.com slash Show, and on Instagram, go to at BenMaller on Fox, and you can contribute content to weekly features such as Ask Ben, lame jokes, and more. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. We will pay off the
3: Who Am I game coming up momentarily. Rob in Belcher Tower. Whoa. Massachusetts. I met Rob. Rob uh, back in April of 2019, the Cask and flagging in Boston. Rob came down. We had a good time. Good meeting him. He says, "Are you aware that in just 24 days, children born the day of the Music City Miracle can legally buy a bottle of champagne to celebrate that great lateral by check to Dyson?" All right, well, Rob, you're just you're just pouring salt into the wound. And I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm not. And uh, I saw several other people sending me different things about the Music City Miracle. Let me just point out, and I, I highlighted this. I responded to Jose, uh, who put the little gift clip of that play. If you go back, and I don't want to break down a play from 21 years ago, because God knows I'm bad enough at breaking down plays right now. But Frank Wycheck, if you look at the pass there, his arm was in front of the line, and Kevin Dyson... He, he, uh, it was a forward pass. You can clearly see White, (laughs) white checks dropping back. And he's going down the line. He throws it, and Dyson comes back, but it's a forward pass. He doesn't go back far enough. It's an illegal play. The officials botched it. They were afraid to reverse the call on replay, and that was the early days of replay. And it's criminal what happened to the Buffalo Bills, and I will not stand for the injustice that took place. Now, as for the, the Who Am I game, so Stefan Diggs, Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. Wide receiver, he has joined me as the only players in NFL history to reach 100 receptions in our first 13 games with a new team. That is the question. What is the answer? And uh, the is coming in, Christina in Spokane going with Ed from Spokane. Big Lou in the LBC says Eric Metcalf is the answer. Adrian, the pokey 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 guy, goes with Randy Moss as his answer. Uh, Who else do we have? Page down here. Jed Clampett from Terry. Good knowledge of the Beverly Hillbillies for Terry in England. Supermarket Steve says it's one of those small white guys that the Patriots had. Uh, Was it Wes Welker, he says. Brandon Cook's guest by Will in Pennsylvania. Big Rig Rob going with Trailblazer Legend Darnell Valentine. That's old NBA knowledge. He also played with the Clippers, by the way. Who he had the largest thighs in the uh, in the NBA in those days? Darnell Valentine. Never he's heard good, of him. He's a guard. He's a pretty good player, as I remember. I mean, maybe he sucked, but I remember him being a decent NBA player. Uh, Musin Mohammed guessed by Jimbo, the horse racing expert. Uh, who else do we have? Zephyr is going with Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character from Jerry Maguire. As his selection. John C. Riley, guessed by Ed from Spokane. Rick is going with Chris Carter. Ed McCaffrey, guessed by Arik in Minnesota. Chris in Des Moines, going with the great Lee Evans. James Jett, Raider legend from Double O Mexican, is his answer. Uh, Who else do we have? Let's see here. Tiger Lily went with Randy Moss. We've got Howard Cosell. Speaking of sport, guessed by Rich. That's his selection. Buddy the Elf from Milkman Mike I was watching I think it was on Netflix they had the movies that the holiday movies that made us Yes. They, did you see that Eddie yes. it was pretty good right?
0: Yes, yes it was.
3: Yeah like, I, I like that
0: uh, was it called Force Perspective is that what they call it where they they showed Oh a... yeah
3: yeah yeah they had the characters yeah 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 that was that was great. I recommend that. That was that was a good, well done documentary on uh, on elf. All right the correct answer Do you know the answer Eddie please. I do actually it's Albert Goldenwheels Dubinion. <laughs> yes, of course, unless it's not. No, it's actually Brandon Marshall from the 2012 Chicago Bears. Not Randy Moss. It's all about the Marshall plan. You got to follow the Marshall plans what you got to do.
1: work.